With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him And from that point then we hear a name change Rearrange the game so now we gotta change uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 203, ladies and gentlemen, it is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. We are live and living color, get funky like a monkey, if you will. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Jake Steak Roberts. I am your featured <laughs> host. <laughs> and I just want to say, this is Pancakes and Power Slam show. The Pancakes and Power Slam show, DDT's just about every... Well, you know what? Forget it. The Pancakes and Power Slam show, DDT's every other podcast in the whole nation, in the whole galaxy, because... I object to stake, and I said so. Isn't that right, Derek? That is absolutely right. No, we're here. This is the Pancakes and Power Slam show, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, we've had Jake the Snake Roberts on here. We've had the living legend, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, he made a stop from heaven to come down and say hello, because this is what we do. This is where we are. This is how we're going to be. So you're either going to like it and love it, or not like it and still love it, because... What else are you going to do? It's Tuesday night. It's 11 o'clock Eastern time. Wherever you are in this world, nothing else matters because you're here right now listening live 
What else you got for us, Jake? You know what I was thinking? <laughs> oh, man, I'll tell you what. I'm going to have, I've, you know, I've talked to DDP before uh, and, and, you know, before outside of the show. Uh, and, yeah, I, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to get Jake Roberts on the show. I, I tell you, I'm going to get Jake Roberts on the show. And we're going to talk to each other like that. Well, you know what, Chris? I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you putting me on, bring me on the show, man. It's just an it's an honor to come on the show. And you know what, Jake? I appreciate you being on the show, man. Because you know what? I'm gonna DDT every question that's asked to me because I'm Jake Snake Roberts, and I make people sleep for a living. Yeah, that's uh, it's gonna happen, man. Jake the Snake is going to be on the show. <laughs> I'll tell you, mark my words. So, you know, we've had some big, big names uh, on the show. Uh, a special shout-out to Roderick Strong last week. Uh, thank you, Roderick, for availing yourself, man. He, you know, the, people people know about the Pancakes and Power Slam show, and they tell wrestlers who tell wrestlers who tell wrestlers. And uh, Roderick Strong, man, he, he availed himself on the same day. Uh, I, I contacted him, and uh, we talked on the phone, and, yeah, he, he – um, Developed himself on the same day, and and it was great, and uh, it got a lot of pub, and it was just a great uh, trip down memory lane um, about Daniel Bryan. So it was it was great. Kudos to Roderick Strong, and a major, major, major kudos to my boys Matt Seidel and Ricochet, aka Prince Puma. And man, you know it's it's so awesome to interview people who becomes you know who, who just recently won something won something really big, and uh, they won uh, the New Japan Junior Tag Team Championships last week or a new beginning uh, last Thursday. And I man, I just it was so awesome to see them become the new New Japan Junior Tag Team Champions. And I you know, and and it's 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 all it's amazing because I remember during the interview that I had with Evan Bourne, Matt Seidel, he would he kept plugging the fact that you know they they won the cup, they won the Junior Cup, and. They are just vying to become the junior tag team champions. And lo and behold, there you go. They're, you know, great congratulations to Seidel and Ricochet. And it's great because both of them were on the Pancakes and Power Slam show. And now they're one of the best tag teams in Japan. And they have the junior tag team belts to prove it there. Isn't that awesome? It's absolutely phenomenal, and it's like someone just said, everyone who is anyone in wrestling, they get their time on Pancakes and Power Slams. You get to talk about, you know, whether they're the champions today, they're champions tomorrow, they were champions yesterday, it doesn't make a difference. I mean, again, one-stop wrestling show, you've got Pancakes and Power Slams. We've got so much more coming up. I mean, we haven't even broken the cusp of what Chris and I are going to do. And it's, you know, today it's 
Chris and I just talking, having a great time tomorrow. I mean, you're going to have King Kong Bundy or I don't know why I said him, but, you know, Hulk Hogan, The Rock, anyone can be on this show. You don't know until you tune in that night, Tuesday night. We've got so much lined up. And so, again, anyone who is anybody is going to be on the Pancakes and Power Slams, whether they get their start here, this is their swan song, they get to talk about what they're doing in retirement. We don't care. Be on the show because we love you, and our fans, our listeners love you. Uh, That's pretty much all I've got to say right now. Absolutely. And uh, kudos to the Pancakes and Power uh, Power Slams. We are wrestling live stream uh, for uh, – posting a picture of another big moment. I, I know it was a big moment. I, I just had to give kudos to Seidel and Ricochet because both of them have been guests on the Pancakes and Power Slam show. And maybe that pic- the person in that picture may be a guest zone, which is the cleaner, Kenny Omega. who's actually going to be on the ROH uh, 14th anniversary show uh, in the other two people to the left and right of him, the Young Bucks, are going to compete uh, at uh, the 14th anniversary in Las Vegas, ROH. And then, of course, the fourth person in that picture is Cody Hall, the son of Scott Hall. The Bullet Club, or the Elite, is what they're they're, they're calling themselves, kind of like a, uh, um, I wouldn't say like an NWO red and white, but it's kind of like a, a faction within the faction. Uh, they're calling themselves elite now, so but they're still Bullet Club for life, as Kenny Omega is, is making the symbol of the Bullet Club. So, yeah, kudos to Kenny Omega for winning the in, uh, New Japan, the IWGP um, Intercontinental Championship, and that's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I knew after he lost the Junior Heavyweight Championship to Kushida. Um, at Wrestle Kingdom, and then, of course, they turned on AJ Styles um, right afterwards, and and, uh, and and Omega was kind of, um, he was kind of talking about uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. He was, he was saying, I'm going for you in the Intercontinental Championship, and, of course, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura got stripped of it, and uh, now he's got signed with uh, WWE and will be competing at uh, TakeOver Dallas against, uh, who's he going against? He's going against uh, uh, Sami Zayn. That's what it is. Sami Zayn, which I don't like that match. And I think I've, um, I wrote it somewhere. I think I might have tweeted or might have wrote an article. Um, Don't like the match. I don't like the match because um, neither of them can afford a loss. And I think that uh, Sami Zayn, he, you know, being in the Royal Rumble, coming back from injury, still one of the best baby faces in NXT, you know, he's he needs to get as much steam as he possibly can. And losing to, which he'll most likely lose, to Shinsuke Nakamura, I, I, I don't like it. I mean, it's, it's a phenomenal match, but I'm not a fan of it from a debut perspective. Because I just don't want Sami Zayn to lose. I don't think he can afford to lose right now. But, you know, it'll be fun to see. And, uh, of course, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is not going to keep his uh, subconscious theme song, which is which was absolutely amazing. I'm going to see if I can uh, find that subconscious theme song and pay, for, play, uh, pay, uh, play it on the radio. 
uh, doing live on the show. That would be great. So we'll, we'll look further into that. So before we get to Raw, something really ridiculous happened last week um, after the Daniel Bryan celebration. Um, jokingly, one of the most charitable people in all of the WWE, Father of the Year Award last year. I mean, he this this guy is the the PR prince of the WWE. Somehow, he he, he grabbed Vince McMahon's arm, jokingly, and there are reports saying that he did that jokingly to say ladies first. And from uh, there's other reports saying that Vince and Titus has actually has a pretty good relationship, which makes perfect sense because Vince has to be behind kind of verifying or kind of allowing Titus O'Neil to be the face of the PR scene, which was which is huge. He's really the face of the company in that in, in that PR field, especially from a charity standpoint and from a parenting standpoint. So he's allowing Titus to have all these spots. Giving him a decent, you know, babyface mid-card push and a simple grabbing of the arm, jokingly, during a network event, you know, behind all of the people celebrating for Daniel Bryan, behind all of that, in spite of all of that, he gets a initial 90-day suspension reduced to a 60-day suspension. Which going which is going to cause him to miss WrestleMania. Now, this is absolutely ridiculous. I don't understand any logical point. Now, if they're if they're doing this to Titus O'Neil to make a statement, this is the worst way possible to do this to Titus O'Neil because here's the thing. Now you made it something. The only thing that you had to do if it was such a big deal was to reprimand Titus O'Neil backstage, say something to him, give him a few weeks off. You know, if Titus O'Neil was not on TV for a few weeks, I guarantee you that no one would notice. No one. No one would notice. There's not like a I, – I, I would really venture to say, I would strongly venture to say that there is no one – that comes to Raw or SmackDown specifically for Titus O'Neil. I, I like the guy. I respect Titus. But I would venture to say that there is no one in the entire WWE universe that comes specifically for Titus O'Neil. However, 60 days from now, people are going to come specifically to see Titus O'Neil. And you know that when he comes back, He's going to be a even bigger baby face than he ever was because people like me and, and I'm sure like so many other people are going to find this whole thing ridiculous and they're going to cheer Titus <laughs> O'Neil for the sake of it being ridiculous. So in hindsight, overall, objectively, it hurt the WWE much more than it hurt Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neil is gone for 60 days. Yes, WrestleMania payoff. Yes, that's going to be very hurtful, especially since pay-per-view rates and pay-per-view period isn't a big deal. 
and that's what pay-per-view buys and things like that was really big for for making for for wrestlers making money. Now because of the network, you get a bunch of cuts specifically in that field. So yes, from a financial standpoint, Titus will be affected by that for sure. However, you you get people that you, you I think it's going to get to the point where Titus is going to be the recipient of a hijacking ovation wherever he is and whatever he does. And that 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 does nothing but hurt the WWE because of this. It overall it's ridiculous. Like I said, if he was gone for a few weeks, no one would have ever noticed. Now he's gone for two months, everybody notices it's a big deal and it backfired for WWE because it was so stupid. Uh, it was absolutely horrible. It makes no sense. Who does Vince think he is? Roger Goodell of the NFL? I mean, it's not like Titus beat up his fiance in an elevator or he's out partying right. and wearing a fake beard and wig and drinking beer when he's supposed to be in rehab. It was, it was absolutely this making no sense. Why would you do that to Titus O'Neil? Why would you make a mockery and make it public? I mean, yeah, like you just said, go backstage. Say, yeah, what are you doing? Grab my arm like that. And if I was Titus, I'd be like, what's your problem? So what? I grabbed your arm. Who cares? Go have a beer. You don't dig in. This is blowing everything up out of proportion. It's making Titus look like a million dollars. Because everybody everybody knows Titus, knows his PR, knows that there's no reason that he didn't do anything wrong. And that's it. He might have gone wrong. Vince McMahon might have, you know, just been in a bad mood or something. Who knows? I mean, it was a celebration. Daniel Bryan's last night. But anyway, Vince wants to be a party pooper and be a, a jerk about it. And so, okay, so be it. Titus is going to miss WrestleMania. Well, you know, Titus is going to come back so much more stronger because everybody reads the internet. Everybody knows what happened, what the consequences were. And what is your issue, Vince McMahon? Period. Yeah, great comment here. The fact that you can get over by being suspended tells us the age we are in, though. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> that makes that makes perfect sense. And it's it's a social media. It, this is a social media world. So the fact that it, like I said, the fact that it became something is what is, is why Titus is over. Now, if it was a unpublished Un, you know, un, unpopular, very secretive thing. <laughs> no one would ever care. And I and I keep I keep stressing this. If he would have been gone for three weeks, nobody would have noticed. Nobody would have noticed that he was gone. Three weeks suspension. There you go. That's it. Even if it, even if he missed fast lane. There's nothing that Titus O'Neil, if, if you think about it, Titus O'Neil is involved in absolutely no angle, zero, zero angle right now. There's nothing that is causing us to want to see Titus O'Neil on a weekly basis. Even at WrestleMania, tops, he would have got a spot at the Andre the Giant Battle Royal on the pre-show. Tops. I, I, very, very much doubt that he would have had any spots on the main show, on the main stage of WrestleMania pre-show, Andre the Giant, tops. And, of course, he would have got eliminated. He wouldn't have won the thing. 
And so it, it just doesn't make sense at all to something that could be so discreet. Tops Andre the Giant battle, battle royal win, uh, battle royal entrant, not win. Tops being unnoticed, you know, for three weeks on end. Tops, you know, being just someone who, again, people just sees come just willy nilly on a Monday or Thursday night. That's all. But now he's more over than he ever was because of a really ridiculous decision that trickled down. You know, to making it, I mean, like, a, you know, it's a social media society. And when stuff gets publicized, it gets blown up. That's the reason why journalists are making so much money now, because because of capitalizing on the social media society. You have journalists like myself who capitalizes on a thing, reports it, talks about it, commentates on it. And it's beneficial for us because we understand the importance of social media and the popularity of social media, and things get blown up, things get reported, and that's what happened. It, there wouldn't even be a story if Titus O'Neil was gone from the WWE for three weeks. It would have been hearsay. People would have been like, oh, maybe it was reported by such and such, and then there would have been some comments, and people would have forgot about it. But the fact that it was two months, initially three months, Come on now. I mean, you know, that's a that's a substance abuse policy, uh, you know, uh, violation, not a grabbing. So basically, Vince McMahon is saying that grabbing his arm is akin to having a second substance abuse violation. Basically, that's basically grabbing Vince McMahon's arm is the same thing as getting caught for smoking weed or having possession of weed twice. Or any type of, you know, PED or whatever, any type of drug or enhancement, enhancement uh, chemical. Having it twice is the same thing as grabbing Vince McMahon's arm, and that alone is ridiculous. Especially, come on now, we have to be honest. Especially if that was someone like John Cena, if that was someone like Randy Orton. I would even venture to say if it was someone like Seamus, if those three people would have done that, Triple H, of course, and if those four people would have done that, there wouldn't have been any suspension. So, you know, as an African-American, I would encourage everyone to ditch the race card. This isn't a racial discussion at all. And for those who even bring that up, it's ridiculous to even think about it. It's it's very, it, it's a very bad, awful, desperate form of trolling, and just ditch that. Ditch, ditch the race card. However, I would say it is more of a rank card than a race card. I don't think it's a race card at all. I would say it's a rank card though, because I don't think that other people higher on the tier, higher on the echelon, would get that same type of treatment for what Titus did. I, I absolutely agree. I mean, there's again, you just we're just beating a dead horse. So why did this happen? Why would that happen? And if you're right, if it was anybody else, if it was you know Triple H, if it was you know Hunter, anybody, wouldn't. Let's go have fun. This for Titus and Neil. 
And again, he's not anybody that they're having a problem with. Titus O'Neil is the PR face of WWE since John Cena's, you know, gone AWOL or whatever. And what if it was Cena? What if Cena would have grabbed Vince? Vince would have punched him in the arm. They would have had a great time. Yep. And so it's just, you know, I mean, if that was Big E, if that was Kofi Kingston, would would they have the same repercussion? Would you break up the uh, New Day because they grabbed your arm for whatever reason? No. You would not have done that. So why Titus O'Neil? I'm on Titus' side. I think everybody else is. So there's – Really, no reason to discuss this any further. We've given our our opinions about it. Pancakes and power slams. Chat room has so everyone just thinks it's absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah, good comment here. Let's not forget that the report broke out when uh, Triple H and Joey Mercury had to talk fence out of firing Titus. I mean, fire Titus, yeah. whatever. Get over yeah. it, Vince. <laughs> I mean, to me, that just sounds like an entitled spoiled rich billionaire who's 70 years old and senile. I mean, that's, if I can be perfectly honest, that's, that's what that sounds like. You know, Hey, you're not, you're not going to mess with me. I'm Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I have, you know, I'm the genetic juggernaut. You're not going to grab my, you're not going to grab my arm. I'm Vince McMahon. How dare you grab my arm, Titus? You know, that, uh, that, 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 Donald Trump. Let Trump be the boisterous one. Vince, go about your business. Do wrestling. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Uh, trivia question. Uh, what year did Daniel Bryan join ROH? What's uh, hashtag Team Titus? Absolutely. What year did uh, uh, what year did Daniel Bryan uh, join ROH? All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into Raw. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam Show, hosted by Chris Featherstone and Derek of Crave Wrestling. This is the new Tuesday Night Titans. What do you, what, what do you mean the new Tuesday Night Titans? I, man, I gave up with that. <laughs> <laughs> there's your uh, there's your Vince McMahon for tonight. Uh, let's get into Raw. <laughs> uh, 2002 is the correct answer. Great job there. Uh, what? Uh, and, and the next question, uh, another another Daniel Bryan question. Uh, when did he win his first Ring of Honor World Title, and who did he defeat? When did he win his first Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship, and who did he defeat? All right, so let's get to Raw. Dean Ambrose promo calls out Brock Lesnar. Interrupted by Stephanie McMahon and books uh, Fatal Five-Way. How about that? Fatal Five-Way for the Intercontinental Championship. And to be honest with you, as soon as I heard this match, I said, eh, see you, Dean. That's, he's going to lose the, t- the title. <laughs> and what made it even worse to me, oh, man. I mean, this was this was this was rough. This Intercontinental title match was rough. Not not the match. The match wasn't bad, but the participants. Oh my goodness! I mean, this really shows you the state of the Intercontinental Championship division. Absolutely awful. You have Tyler Breeze, 
who hasn't got a who hasn't been relevant since he's got there. I think, didn't he lose like his debut match, or, or yeah, I think it was his debut match that he lost, or or maybe like the a match closer. To, I mean, close to his debut, or if I'm not mistaken, it was his debut match. I could be I could be mistaken, but close to or his debut match. So he hasn't been relevant since he since he got caught up. See, I loved uh, Breaking Ground. That was my favorite. Uh, that was my favorite original. Um, WWE um, uh, show. Uh, the the podcast was good, and we'll we'll talk a little bit if time permitting. We'll talk about we'll, we'll might begin into to big show right quick. Uh, the podcast, but Breaking Ground was my favorite, and they portray Tyler Breeze to be this star, this veteran in NXT who teaches people. People listen to him. He's the man in NXT. He's well respected. The last, you know, the last show of Breaking Ground is when they're in the auditorium. And let me, let me come on up here, Tyler. You know, and it's so you have this big old elaborate, you know, uh, um, setup basically to make <clears throat> Tyler Breeze his big star. <laughs> so you have him come in. And then you have Summer Rae be with him, which didn't make any sense. Of course, feuding with Dolph Ziggler, of course, that was going to happen. And so Summer Rae and Tyler Breeze has this amicable breakup for no booking reason whatsoever. And so Tyler Breeze takes a step down because he doesn't have someone like Summer Rae who's who draws heat doesn't have someone like her drawing heat for him. So he's just in limbo. So he's winning matches, losing two, winning one, losing three, winning one, losing two, winning one, losing four. And just the most, one of the most poorly booked mid Carters in WWE currently, somehow he's a contender for the intercontinental championship. And then you have stardust a smack in the face to Titus O'Neil because Titus O'Neil defeated Stardust week after week after week after week after Raw after SmackDown, and somehow Stardust is worthy of becoming the Intercontinental Champion. And, of course, you have Kevin Owens, which makes sense, and... You know, Dolph Ziggler is always involved in the Intercontinental Championship. And it made sense because, you know, Ziggler's getting some steam. He beat Owens a couple times. And to be honest with you, Kevin Owens has been losing. So how did he become a contender for the Intercontinental title? These five contenders was at least two of them were, were the worst options that the WWE could have made. I would have I would have certainly put Rusev, somebody like Rusev in there or you know, someone to that nature, but oh man, Tyler Breeze. This is this is your mid card WWE. This this basically shows you how awful <laughs> and weak the mid card is when you're having people like Tyler Breeze and Stardust being in the Intercontinental title match. Oh man, it was it was so awful to watch. It was it was really sad to watch. And, and Kevin Owens winning, you know, it was cool. You know, 
having the belt off of Ambrose before Fastlane and WrestleMania, it opens up a little bit more options. And I wrote an article on WrestleZone about that today. But, you know, and we'll talk about that uh, potentially later. But, you know, it's it opens up a lot of options for, you know, Ambrose, which which is okay. Owens and Ziggler, again, you're going to have another match with them just this time for the Intercontinental Championship. Now, you're throwing a belt in there. Just because you throw a belt on a, a match that we've seen a half a dozen times in the past few weeks, just because you're throwing a belt in the mix, is that going to cause us to be more intrigued for Dolph Ziggler-Kevin Owens match? They've already totally outdone this match, and I'm not very intrigued to see the match again just because Kevin Owens has the championship. And the championship that Kevin Owens has now is a lot weaker than the championship that he won when he first got it. When Ryback had it and he beat Ryback, even with Ryback's reign, it was a lot stronger as a championship. He had a lot more momentum than he does now. Kevin Owens is a weekly booked mid-carder who happens to have the the Intercontinental Championship, unfortunately. Well, the thing about it is Tyler Breeze, he's not mid-card. He doesn't even deserve to be on Monday Night Raw. And he's a stardust. He's not – he's mid-card, but he's not IC material. You couldn't have Neville on there because they already had him going against, you know, League of Nations later on in the night. Why couldn't you have AJ or The Miz in there? Because they already had spots on that night in Raw. And who put all this together? The same dude that sidelined Titus O'Neil for the next couple months. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it's – okay, Owens wins. That's great. He's a good potential IC champion. Of course, you want to throw Ziggler in there. That's great. I love Ziggler. The match was good, like you said. The participants absolutely sucked. And the match, just there's so much more potential that they could have put in that match, but they had them booked in other matches on Monday Night Raw that would have made more sense if they were in the Fatal Five-Way. Didn't happen. What we got was the cluster we got last night, the puke fest, that just Owens wins the IC title. He should not be happy about winning that title. Yeah. That way at that night. I mean, Dean Ambrose, you couldn't have him have the IC title going into fast lane. I understand that. But there was just so many more people that are that could have been on there. Other than Tyler Breeze. Are you kidding me? Tyler Breeze can't even lace up Ambrose boots or even Owens or Stardust boots to even there's there's no he was just an absolute mismatch and I'm just it's disgusting. After I mean that was the second match that was the first match on Raw second segment of Raw, and after that I knew this Raw was just going to be total garbage, and uh, of course you know you've got Neville and all those people coming out later and the whole time if I was Neville why wasn't I not in that match, why wasn't Miz in that match why wasn't AJ Styles in that match AJ Styles showcase this guy make him somebody that people want to watch Monday Night Raw for I do. But we get him in these matches that, yeah, I just, I've gone on. It's it's absolute garbage, and I can't say that enough times. So, good for you, Kevin Owens. We'll see what you do with the Intercontinental Championship. You deserve it. You are an Intercontinental Champion. But the way you won it last night, uh, you know, it, it just kind of throws a question mark over everything you're going to do here in the few coming months. And who puts this crap together? 
Uh, who's writing for the WWE? Yeah, I mean, in addition to that, you know, you uh, Owens winning is not a bad idea at all. But the way that Owens has been booked again, and I, oh man, I'm, I've written this so many times. In 2005, James Gibson is the correct answer. Great job. Next trivia question: What year did the WWE? Uh, the, what year did the Dudleys win their first ECW Tag Team Championship? What year did the Dudley Boys won their first? ECW Tag Team Championship. Like I said, Kevin Owens, it's not a choice to become Intercontinental Champion. It's not a bad idea at all. However, the way that he's being booked, like I said, I've said this many times, I've written this many times, countless amount of times, people make titles. Titles do not make people. A title holder, this 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 is what a title holder should look like. The this person is so over with the crowd that it makes the most sense for this person to have a championship because he is a championship quality character. You cannot put a title on someone and expect them to be a star. That's horrible booking and it's never worked. Look at look at, look at Seth Rollins last year. He had the title for seven months. And he wasn't a bigger star seven months afterwards than he was day one. And I would even I would even argue to say that he was maybe even a bigger star when he first won it at WrestleMania. <laughs> you just can't put titles on people and expect it to work, especially if they're just kind of like run-of-the-mill, no steam-builded, very mediocre, you know, booked <laughs> mid-card, mid-card people or, or upper mid-card people or even main event quote-unquote people. You you can't just put a title on them. When the Ultimate Warrior won the Intercontinental Championship from the Honky Tonk Man, this guy was so over. He was so over in 88 that the WWE had no choice but to make him a champion because he was so over. Same with Goldberg. 97, 98, the guy was so over with the streak they had no choice but to make him champion, and it, he made the championship. He made it exciting. He made people want to watch television, <laughs> want to watch Nitro. You can't just put a belt on someone and say, you know what? This person is going to put more butts in seats by having a championship. He's gonna, if he's a heel champion, he's gonna do. He's gonna be the perfect person to draw enough heat. To build that baby face. If he's a baby face champion, he's going to get enough ovations and enough excitement to draw the fans to want to watch it the next week. Those are the three, I mean, those are the two things, face and heel, one apiece specifically, that should come with winning a championship or should, you know, follow winning the championship or even, I would say, be a prelude to winning the championship. If you don't have those qualities, you just don't. When Hulk Hogan wanted, you know, in the early eighties, you, you can't, I mean, he, he, he beat the iron Sheik. The iron Sheik was a heel magnet. You know, he, he would get, <laughs> Iran, number one, Russia, number one, USA, ha, 
this guy would get so much heat just saying that. And because he was heat magnet, you have the real American come in. If you come, str- if you come stretching down and hurts inside, I'm a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. You come in and you you beat the Russian antagonist. You missed the you, you beat the Iran antagonist. That's I mean that's that's who you beat. And you don't have that anymore, unfortunately. With Kevin Owens, we, we don't see it because he's poorly booked. He's a great heel. He's a great heel. I mean, I followed I followed Owens for years when he was a part of Scum and ROH. Even before then, when he turned on Generico, when he was teaming with Generico and turned on him, awesome, awesome heel. Especially, I would say when he was Scum. Scum was an amazing heel faction, and Owens and the, the Owens and Carino alliance was absolutely evil and menacing, and they were fantastic heels. And <laughs> nowadays, eh, Kevin Owens is just, I mean, he's just really yesterday's discussion that's rehashed today reluctantly. That's that's basically what Kevin Owens is. Uh, next, you have uh, New Day in-ring promo. For some reason, they're not going to defend the tag team titles uh, at WrestleMania. <laughs> Fast lane, unless I'm missing um, some uh, updates. May I'm not quite sure, but I know that they're going to be on the cutting edge segment with uh, Edge and Christian, which is interesting. I know it's a, a, a plug for for Edge and Christian to bu- to book their you know their Edge and Christian totally reeks of awesomeness thing, uh, but you know I, I'm o- I'm okay with this segment. I just don't quite understand why the New Day is just involved in this as a part of Fastlane, you know, for the sake of Edge and Christian get a pl- getting a plug for their show. I'm, I'm sure their show is going to be fantastic and, 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 and fun and, and just hilarious. But, you know, what does this do for the New Day? How does this push the New Day? Because at the end of the segment, most likely they'll look like idiots. So it really won't help them as heels, and then at the end, and then you have, you know, who are you going to factor in with, you know, setting them up for the tag team title? You know, it might be, it looks like it might be a TLC match between the Dudleys, uh, the Usos, and the New Day, which is going to be really fun to watch. You know, I think those three. Teams would make a fantastic TLC match, similar to um, the Lucha Dragons with New Day and Usos. But you know, just doing all this for the Dudley Boys to turn heel, which them turning heel—what really did that mean? That you know, and they they come on out, they come out on SmackDown and you know say no to the tables. They they abolish the tables and then reiterate it on Monday, assuming that people don't watch SmackDown, which they're pretty pretty accurate. I watch it because I do the show. I, I I don't ever watch SmackDown Live because my interest in SmackDown is, is incredibly low. But it, it I watch it because I write about wrestling. And any other person most likely won't watch SmackDown Live or at all. But, you know, it's that's what I had to reiterate it. But I mean, the interest in the, the Dudley Boys—they've already smashed. The bookings already smashed their name. 
making a you know what what what's the point of making a heel turn if you weren't a strong baby face i mean that's that's basically saying someone you know like just i mean he just throw some someone like sin Cara making a heel turn that that what really is that going to matter if if you're not a strong baby face your heel your heel turn is not going to mean anything and so that's that's how the bellies were. Their heel turn didn't mean anything. They're trying to make it something by their promos, but still isn't working. And so it kind of creates a, a bit of confusion going into the title scene because the New Day are much stronger heels than the Dudleys. So it's actually going to backfire against them if they feud against the New Day. So it's just it's just a cluster mess. It's just it just doesn't make much sense going into the you know building the tag team scene up going into WrestleMania. And the whole segment with Edge and Christian just kind of throws it off even more as far as what they're going to do with the New Day going into WrestleMania. Well, the New Day have the titles right now, and they're going to have the titles for a long time. You've got the Dudleys, so they're going to, they don't want to have anything to do with tables anymore. So naturally, you'd put the Dudleys in a TLC match. What are they going to do? They could possibly win that match without using tables and win. But what's that going to do for them? It's not going to do anything. It's going to be absolute garbage. Uh, the Dudleys have passed their prime. I mean, not really passed their prime, but as far as booking goes, I mean, the WWE's buried them, which is a shame. It's the New Day. They've really got no one else to go up against. you got the Usos. They're still boring tribal dance and crap. So it's, like you said, it's just a cluster of nothing that can really happen. I mean, the New Day... Is the tag team division, period. They've got nobody else. There's nobody to equal them. As far as when it comes to bringing the crowd to their feet, when it comes to making people excited, that the belts are on them. Because that's where the belts belong. They're not going to go anywhere from the New Day. Because there's no one else quite deserving of it, honestly. And with the Dudleys, even when they had the tables, they were just as boring as they were when they denounced the tables. So, I don't really see anything coming to this. It's kind of a stupid thing to throw up in the air. It's almost like a Divas division. So, uh, New Day, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing fine. And then, you know, the match last night, Big E against Mark Henry. Evidently, Mark Henry, God bless him, he hurt himself. I thought it was kind of a weird end to the match last night. But then we realized, okay, he's injured. So, whatever. But uh, the New Day... They have no equals right now. They are the tag team division. They're champions. No one can take that from them without it making any sense. So I just say, have the New Day train keep going. Maybe they'll find someone, have the social outcast or somebody come in. Take that. No. That would be a huge surprise. Oh, no. Oh, no, come no, on, Chris. No, that would no, be great. I can't. The social outcasts are the future of the tag team division. Oh, like it or not, three on three. Come on, mm-hmm. think about it. If the it. social outcast is the future of the WWE tag team division, we have officially reached an all-time low in WWE programming. Blah. <laughs> you love Adam Rose. That's your boy. I do. I do. I, I'm an Adam Rose guy. He see baby. I, I'm. I'm a. I'm, I'm an Adam Rose. I'm, I am. I like Axel. Too. I think he's ridiculous. I. I, I like Adam Rose, man. He, he's. He, he's. I'm an Adam Rose guy. But I tell you Who what, else man, is there? 
Look, Bo Dallas, you know, he can, he can, I don't, I don't like Bo Dallas. He, he you know, I'm not too. Nope. Slater. Yeah. Nobody likes Bo Dallas. <laughs> Slater, Slater's, you know, Slater's passable to me as well. Uh, I like Axel and I like Rose. I like Axel Rose. But, uh, yeah, it, I just, yeah. yeah. The social outcast to me is a, a complete sideshow. They remind me of, like, the oddities. Uh, back in the day, in the oh so, come on, no, they might they, remind, they have so personality. <laughs> they might the oddities had personality. They came out with no, ICP, they didn't. They had nobody. You had Goga. You had Goga. Nobody liked ICP. Forget them. No one likes Goga. <laughs> you had Luna Vachon, Silva. You, you had no. you know you you that had, was complete uh, waste. Yeah, the oddities were horrible. But they remind me of a sideshow. I mean, the, the social has remind me of the oddities. They just do. They're just a sideshow that comes out. They need some type of band that to, to come out and 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 do, you know, and uh, do their entrance for them. They pro and they they need some type of Luna Vachon like, you know, diva out there. I, I know there's someone in NXT can that can you know have that type of look to her. Uh, who's that? Who's that girl? I know that uh, the, the listeners uh, in the chat room or, or Twitter can say something about this. Um, who's that? Uh, it says, yeah, quote here, um, social outcasts are fantastic. They're obvious, which I respectfully don't agree with. Chris, you're like me, then, an Adam Rose fan, outcast of the future. I, I, I'm an Adam Rose guy, man. I, I do like him. I think... I think that there's potential. I think there's there's I think there's untapped potential in Adam Rose. I really like the um the Adam Rose party uh you know uh, what is the Rosebuds gimmick. The the music was cool. Welcome to the revolution. I I liked it. It was it was cool. So what music am I supposed to be playing by the way? I'm supposed to be playing some type of music. I'm supposed to be finding some type of music. Where did I say, yeah, you some, what I said there? ICP, oddities, whatever. No, no, no. I wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> I'm supposed to be looking for some type of music. I said earlier in the show, I'm supposed to be finding some type of music and um, and playing it. I don't I don't remember what it was, but I, I, hopefully people will remember the show who, who remember um, what would tell me. I need I need help with trying to figure out what music I'm supposed to be finding. And playing during the show that I said earlier. So if you if you remember that, let me know. Um, next we have uh, yeah, 1997 uh, is the correct answer of the Dudley's great job. Um, and then the next question is, what was uh, Kalisto's name in AAA? What was uh, Kalisto's name in AAA? And then we get the like we said, Biggie and Mark Henry. I mean that. Uh, uh, just, just sadly, where Mark Henry's gone, it's, it's just incredibly sad. He was in the Black History Month promo, you know, a couple weeks ago. Now they're turning around and saying, you know, just having Samurai Dozo was the correct answer. Great job. So they're having Mark Henry just be such a non-factor, and the WWE is absolutely ridiculous and. This guy, I mean, I wrote an article. This guy, this guy needs to retire. He needs to. He needs to. So speaking of retire, I think this is a good 
good uh, segue to go into the podcast right quick. Uh, for those who watched the podcast, you know, I'm sure that you, I'm sure that you enjoyed it. It was, it was a great podcast. Um, you know, I, I don't know how PG or the expletives were and, uh, the, uh, the, the, <laughs> the towel covering up the, uh, you know, the liquid consumption, but, uh, yeah, other than that, man, it, it was, it was great. It was, it was a really fun, exciting, uh, and I knew that, I mean, you know, I love, and it's the, like with the interviews that I have, I love hearing road stories. I, I absolutely, like I'm a kid at a candy store when I hear road stories. That's the reason why one of my favorite interviews of all time here were the Greg Gagne interviews, because this guy, you know, he had 30 years of road stories to just tell us just without Hardly taking a breath, just story after story after story after story, and it just really, it just really entails and it just really narrates just the the process and the highs and lows, the ebbs and flows. Who trained who? I didn't know that. Just so many things that we can find out from road stories that are so captivating and so fascinating. And I, I had no idea that Triple H, uh, you know, trained the Big Show. And so, you know, stuff like that was is really captivating. And I knew when Austin was going to interview Big Show because they have, uh, you know, they have a history together as well. You know, of course, Big Show debuted, you know, uh, taking Austin out. But it was a great podcast when they were just laughing and joking. And it was, you know, it was real. It was genuine. And the stories that Big Show, you know, talked about was good. He put He put Hogan over like crazy. And they even showed, you know, a picture of Hogan. So maybe he's just trying, maybe he's, they're going to creep or seep, you know, Hogan back in. But, you know, rightfully so. I mean, I, I, I have my opinions on Hulk Hogan, but he, you know, he was such a, uh, an amazing contribution to wrestling. If it was for Hogan, wrestling wouldn't be at the level and the status that it is now. And I can understand why people like Big Show would put Hogan over so much because, like he said on the podcast, you know, 20 years ago, there weren't, like, schools that say, you know, just come in and we'll train you, and people are going to, you know, representatives are going to be going to different schools and different independent shows to, you know, grab a few talents here like they do now. You know, the the, the guy from uh, the, the guy from India the, on Breaking Ground, he was – he was doing some type of uh, some type of fight uh, in India, I believe, and he got recruited. Just he got recruited and trained for the national appeal. So, you know, twenty years ago, that wasn't even thought of. And like Big Show said, you know, knowing someone who knows someone who can mention your name and then possibly give you a chance. That's really what it boiled down to, and he put Hogan over rightfully so because of that, you know, because he gave him that chance because of the whole Danny Bonaduce show that he was talking about. So it was it was a really good podcast. I would encourage uh, you know everyone to watch it, and I, I'm sure that you'll be you know you'll enjoy it. That was a great podcast. I just watched it tonight actually, and always brings a tear to your eye when he talks about his father and things like that. Yeah. W- one thing that really stuck out is I mean is. Big Show has so much respect for everyone that came before him and people that were helping him. Yep. Even Big Show, he always grew up as a fan, he said, but 
it was just the fact that he's got this unique talent, just his build, just the, the way he was made. I mean, he suffered from a tumor, but this tumor ended up being his paycheck. So, yep. I mean, exactly. But he's so gracious and grateful for everyone that's ever had anything to do with him, building him, building his career. And he's like, I'm doing it for the people nowadays. The reason I lose and this and that and the other thing is because I'm making people. I'm helping people. They have nobody to be a baby face, so I'll be a baby face this week. Next week, I'll be a heel. We complain about it all the time on Pancakes and Power Slams about the big show. He's this, that, and the other thing. He flip-flops every week. He's something different. Who cares? He just needs to retire. Well, you know, yeah, talking about it's easy, but to be him in his shoes, he does what he does, and he continues to do it, and he's great at it. So keep doing what you're doing, Big Show. I think he said he's got like two more years or whatever before he thinks about retiring. I, as much as I hate to see the big show be placed or booked the way he is, I do love to see the guy. And it's another thing. I love to see the towel over the beer when he takes his wig. <laughs> so, I mean, it was great. It was kind of a refresher. It was great. I, I needed to see that to put my faith back in the big show. Yeah. That yeah, this guy belongs where he is and he's going to go down in history, not as one of the best wrestlers, not as the greatest of all time or whatever, but, I mean, I know who the Big Show is. You know who the Big Show is. Everyone on Pancakes and Power Slam does, so so be it. The Big Show is who he is. If you have a problem with that, take it up with him, and he'll put you in your place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. The only thing is that I kind of look at it from a different way because of the whole flip-flops. The, the whole flip-flops, he put it in perspective, and it makes perfect sense. But to me, the whole flip-flops makes it even worse to me because, you know, it makes the big show look like an idiot. I mean, yeah, yeah, he puts people over. He can put people over. But, you, again, I've said this before. You don't put people over unless you're a strong character yourself. And there's been so many times where he's just switching and, and flipping and switching and flipping that he does not that he doesn't have a stability to him to make him a strong enough character. Now he is an anomaly. I will I will say that. He's an anomaly. He's a seven foot giant who, you know, if anybody beats him makes sense. So he does have that advantage. I, w- I will certainly say that. But if they're booking him weak, you know, we kinda even throw the giant factor away in the sense of there's st- if they just keep booking him so weakly. And, you know, I, I think the whole flip-flopping thing just – and he said it He said in the very beginning. He said that he missed the traditional old-school, you know, form of wrestling you had. And I totally, totally agree with that. You, have, you know, you have the baby faces. You have the heels. You have the heels draw enough heat to work a baby face. The baby face gets the pin. The, the crowd erupts. That is the tried and true method of professional wrestling. That's the reason why people became. That's the reason why people got so much behind characters rather than wrestling. And I've said this, and I'll say this to the day I die: characters are more important than wrestling. Period. I mean, because you have people in the eighties, they didn't care what they didn't care about Carrie Von Nairn doing a collar and elbow tie up. They didn't care. They didn't care about Nikita Koloff doing some type of, you know, uh, belly to back suplex. 
Nikita Koloff was an amazing heel because he pretended he was speaking Russian. I am Nikita Koloff, and I have my uncle. I have my hair. I I you know he just he he just you're the zero zero. You know, and it's like this guy was so immense in his character that he that he actually started taking train training himself to speak like a Russian man. This guy was this guy was born, you know, in the backyards of Minnesota and he you know, and he, he watching that thirty years ago, you would have never thought that the guy was, you know, a Minnesota guy. I mean you, you would never thought. You know, people call him the key to call off now. You're just so, and that's you know, a lot of people say, man, a lot of people might say that's a little bit too much changing your name, which, you know, I think that's a, a reasonable argument. But you know, he just, he's a Minnesota guy that, you know, just decided to say, you know what, I, I'm <laughs> if I'm gonna wrestle, I'm gonna wrestle. I'm gonna immerse myself in this thing. I'm not getting out of it. I, you know, I, that's who I am. I'm gonna keep the call off. And nowadays, you don't have someone immersing themselves so much in the character because people are so care. People care so much about wrestling. You lost, you know, ten million viewers from you know the Attitude Era. Over ten minute, ten million viewers. You lost that because people were so immense in characters and storylines and angles. Austin versus McMahon is what captivated people in watching wrestling. Vince McMahon barely knew how to wrestle. He took bumps like crazy. That's what he did. He was a heel. So he just he just elicited all the heat and got all the hatred from the fans and was a bumping fest for Austin. And that's why people liked wrestling. That's what people were drawn to. They didn't care about the wrestling match. They care about the bad guy losing. And that's the reason why people that's the reason why the 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 ratings were up through the roof because people cared about the bad guy losing. That's what it was all about. Nowadays you have, oh man, you know what? I'm expecting a stellar match. If these two people aren't wrestling the best that they can, I'm gonna I'm gonna go straight to a computer. And I'm gonna just type types away, and I can't believe that. And I hate it. I'm gonna cancel my subscription and all that. Come on now. I mean, you know, that's not the tried and true method of of watching the traditional way and the effective way from a traditional standpoint. And that's what that's why I respect people like the Big Show. You know, because of his age and because of his tenure. You know, people like him. You know, you know, being you know, forty almost forty five years old, people like him I can respect more because they understand the traditional method of of pro wrestling. And I respect the traditional pro wrestling. Obviously, has my vote, and I understand. Like I said, it was kind of a refresher to see the Big Show just talk the way he did. And anyone who hasn't seen the interview needs to see this interview. This was probably one of the better Stone Cold Steve Austin's before Vince McMahon told him to be more PG and not be so thrilling and whatever. I was the big show, bottom line, to make a believable character, you have to really express yourself. You can't be booked in a way like the big show has. The yeah. big show can talk it because, I mean, he's true to himself. 
but still at the end of the day he gets a paycheck to do what he wants what they tell him to do that's right yeah big show hats off to you one of the best podcasts i don't even call it a podcast it was on the wwe network it was an interview so it's but uh yeah i get it i mean characters build what you get into the storyline makes everything and you haven't seen an in-depth storyline almost since the attitude era and that was just because it was push comes to shove it was us against wcw but you don't have that now the tna is a non-factor so you know yeah you have uh matt hardy's world you know matt hardy is a pudgy disgusting (laughs) no one cares anymore but We're you, done with it. But hey, you know, Matt has Rebby, so uh was like a dozen years uh at least a, like I think like a dozen years older uh younger than he is. I mean I mean hey, man, there you go, man. You know, that's you gotta it's good to marry young because when you get old they'll still be young. Uh, you know, just don't go overboard. Uh, <laughs> but I, there's a good there's there's a good comment here that uh, Bray Wyatt is so into his character. I'll agree with that, but here's the thing: Bray Wyatt's an exception to the, the trend. He, he's an exception to it, and the thing is, Bray Wyatt is so into his character, and it's showing that the WWE is has has unsuccessfully pushed Bray Wyatt for the past two and a half years. The dude debuted two and a half years ago for the WWE. And in that two and a half years, he's not won one single championship. He's had three good WrestleMania. Well, he's had two good WrestleMania matches with uh, with Cena and, and, and Taker. He, he's had those. He's had those good spots. But objectively, as you look at Bray Wyatt's career, you're not saying that man. These two and a half years have been fantastic for Bray Wyatt. No, you, you haven't said that because he's been again WWE booking. He's had some. High points, some low points. They're not get. They're not building steam and taking time into making him a, one of the best heels of all of wrestling for a consistent amount of time. Now the break. Now the wide family are, you know, causing some steam, wrecking some havoc. They've got a six man match, you know, coming up on Fastlane. But eh, you know, you're showing clips from like two weeks ago of why we should care about this six man match. It it just doesn't make sense, and then, and then if you're going to build a match between Bray Wyatt and Brock Lesnar, you're kind of making us forget about it in a sense. Which to me, again, Bray Wyatt versus Brock Lesnar, just I'm not intrigued in that match at all because most of all, Brock Lesnar will win, so that would make Bray Wyatt lose three straight WrestleManias. If Bray Wyatt beats Brock Lesnar. Yeah, it's still one of those things that he's not—he's not a strong enough heel character to 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 make to make me interested if he wins a match. You got to build this guy. You got to get some steam behind him, and you and you haven't. I mean, as soon as they pull the plug on Bray Wyatt for some odd reason, as soon as he gets a you know a decent amount of steam, they just blow it out, just like Owens. I mean, it's just. You just don't know how to book heels anymore. That's just that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, next trivia question: What pay per view did the Big Show debut in WWE, WCW? Excuse me. What pay per view did the Big Show 
debut in WCW. And I will even say this. Two-part question. What paper did he debut in WCW? What pay-per-view did he debut in the WWE? Uh, then we get to Brie Bella in-ring interview, interrupted by Charlotte. This was just a desperate attempt for us to care about inserting. You know, Brie Bella is getting the sympathy pop now because of Daniel Bryan. She was a heel just a few weeks ago, and now they just, you know, man, you can't get me interested in this stuff. You you just can't. You're you're building a character so poorly, and you're expecting the viewer to get in. I, I am a hardcore pro wrestling fan. Everybody knows that. We we've had two hundred and three straight weeks of this amazing podcast that I think so much people so much listening. And when you have four figures of weekly listeners, we're doing something right. Fortunately, we're doing something right. But here's the problem. Here here's here's the issue. When you have people like diehard fans like myself and Derek, when we try to be objective. We try to just, you know, look at things from an objective lens. But when you present stuff to us, diehard fans, and like other fans, like you know, the the amazing, uh, the amazing listeners from We Are Wrestling, WAWNation.com, <laughs> and through Twitter and through our Facebook page, Crave Wrestling. When you have those people who are listening, and, and those people are diehard, most of the people are diehard fans as well. When they are crapping on the product, when they are crapping on the products, why am I supposed to believe that someone who's a casual fan is supposed to be intrigued enough? That's like me. That's like me making this cake. This this cake that I'm just like, you know what? It's called Chris's cake. It's got such and such and such in it. To me, it is the best thing that someone could eat after coming from work, long day at work. It's been hectic. I've had a lot to do. I want to eat Chris's cake. And so people are saying, ah, I don't like Chris's cake. It's not it's not very good. It's, you know, it, it, there's there's some parts of it that's okay, but overall it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And I, ah, I wouldn't do it. So a casual fan's like that. Basically, you have a diehard fan saying, eh, I wouldn't, the WWE is not very good. I, I, I watch it because I love wrestling. I'm a wrestling lifer. I'm watching it, but yeah, I, you know, you won't. You're not going to miss much by by not watching it. That is so the opposite route of what WWE should do right now. They should encourage. <laughs> they should they should have a, a product that's so strong that people are saying you have to watch Raw. You have to watch SmackDown. You have to watch this pay-per-view because you got this versus this and this person doing this and you have this person turn on the wall. I can't believe it. You got to watch it next week. That's the reason why people started watching. That's the reason why the eras of the 80s and 90s were so amazing because people were telling people about it and those people were telling other people. Now you, it's the reverse. People are stop watching it because they're so they're so disengaged and that's and, and, and and one of the reasons is because you have people who can't, who aren't booked as consistent baby faces and heels. Who cares about Brie Bella outside of Daniel Bryan? I mean, that's she's getting the sympathy pop from Daniel Bryan, and we know that there's reports that she, you know, maybe even retiring soon. 
and she was just a heel a few you know a few week a few weeks ago. Who 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 cares? Who cares about Brie Bella being in the title match? She's not going to win the title. I mean, there's my bold prediction that we'll get to here in a minute for Fastlane. Brie Bella's not going to win the title. So you're just throwing matches for us to care about as if we're some type of sheep that's supposed to say, you know, and, and yes, man, it's just horrible. This this Divas stuff is absolutely horrible. The, the Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks versus Team Bad, there, there's a bit of interest towards that just because Sasha's a baby face, kind of a baby face now. But the whole title scene, oh, man, you can keep it. Uh, title scene. I mean, Brie comes out and she wants to talk, and all Daniel Bryan, this and that. Charlotte comes out. Charlotte, it seems so forced to be a heel. Like she's trying to make this conversion. I mean, it doesn't help that Ric yeah. Flair's there. I wish Ric Flair would just. I love Ric Flair. I mean, top three wrestlers of all time. He doesn't need this. He could do so much better. And for Brie to come out and start her crying and sobbing i'm done with it okay retire quit if you want to have kids you can't wrestle and be pregnant you just can't so i'd rather you have kids that are healthy and happy than to wrestle i mean it's just it's common sense and for charlotte charlotte you're you're getting on my nerves you're driving me nuts i you're trying too hard to be a heel make it natural don't force it but you're forcing it and you're making me hate the divas division more than I ever have. And I, I never did like the divas division to begin with. So stop Brie Bella, retire, have your swan song, have your final match, WrestleMania, whatever. That's fine. Goodbye. Uh, Charlotte, yeah. you've got a lot more to come, but again, you're just forcing it. It sounds stupid. You sound like an idiot. Stop. I mean, the whole time, it, it's kind of started when they did the whole Reed Flair thing. It's, it's not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're done. After that, I kind of wrote you off because you're not believable. You're just out there. Give me a script and let me see what I can do with it. You can't do anything with it, Charlotte. You're done. No. And so played, forget and about it. a pretty good heel in NXT. I mean, she was, she was a pretty good heel in NXT. But I mean, it just seems too forced. And just, like you said, it just seems way too forced. You know, people people have too much sympathy for Flair because of his age and because of his, you know, legacy. He's Ric Flair. Yeah, I mean, and people have respect <laughs> for Ric Flair just because he can say "woo" one time and the whole crowd saying "woo." So he doesn't have that type of heat, heel heat as much as he, you know, he can. He does his typical. You know, shut up, fat boy. You know, pointing to the front of the crowd. You know, shut up, fat boy. You know, it's and, and like, okay, come on, come on, Rick. No, man, you're giving me the same spiel. You're, you're telling the fat guy to shut up. You know, in the front row, we've seen that too many times. We're not buying it. It's kind of like he's gotten to the point where we're like, oh. You know, Rick. No, it's in. No, it's okay. You know, I, you know what, Rick? For you, you know, it's like the fat boy in the crowd. And he's like, you know what? For for you, Rick, I will shut up. You, you are absolutely correct. I mean, that's basically that's basically what Rick Flair is getting now. And so, you know, he didn't he didn't draw any heat for for Alicia. Uh, he didn't draw any heat for uh, for Charlotte. He, yeah, 
He, he just doesn't. If it, if it was a baby face type thing, he, he you know, he, they'd be getting the woos and, you know, it'll work. But as a heel, yeah. I mean, I, Charlotte is just, she's indifferent to me. I, I liked her in NXT. I liked the fact she was caught up, but, you know, Charlotte's really indifferent to me. Um, yeah, Halloween, Halloween Havoc 95, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. How about that? I, I dig it. Who was the final ECW World Heavyweight Champion? Who was the final ECW World Heavyweight Champion? Or the ECW Champion, rather. There you go. The final ECW Champion. All right, so we have AJ Styles and Miz. They don't want no. They don't want no. This, this. I've actually hashtagged that in one word. And so, you know, for those who are following me at Craig Wrestling, uh, you know, feel free to go back and, and look at my hashtag. They don't want no. So, and it's so funny because I was like, man, what is this? This is crap. And the, the theme music is growing on me a little bit, I would say. Ezekiel Jackson is the correct answer. Great job. I would say... The the theme music is growing on me a little bit. I will say that I'm getting more excited about his entrance. Just his booking is just boring, man. They're not, you know, they're they're. And I wrote it. I wrote an article about this as far as Jericho, and I titled it "Jericho is not the." I'm paraphrasing. It, I just wrote it like a week or two ago. Jericho is not the guy for AJ Styles. He, he's just not. And I mean, I liked their match on SmackDown. It was good to, for Jericho to get a win. This series is fun to watch, but to, for the sake of putting AJ over, yeah, I, I'm not buying it because Jericho puts everybody over. So how is this going to change anything about AJ Styles? Like I said, I mean, him shooting with the Miz and having a few, and having a match on Fastlane would be better than Jericho because the Miz he gets heat, he elicits heat. He's a very strong mid card guy. He, he's a heat magnet. And that's how you build AJ by having him defeat a strong heel. And the Miz would be that guy. The Miz is perfect for that opportunity. But again, AJ Styles beats the Miz again, just like he beat him on SmackDown last week, you know, or two two weeks ago. You know, AJ Styles heading into WrestleMania is not very interesting, to be honest with you. Sadly, I like AJ. I really do like AJ. But just, you know, I loved him. I, I was a de- I was I wasn't necessarily a big fan of him. I respected the heck, still do respect the heck out of his work. I wasn't necessarily an AJ Styles fan, so to speak. Uh, the, the best AJ Styles character for me was the whole no one thing. The music was cool, and when he had the hoodie, kind of that's when he really started doing the hoodie thing. Uh, and TNA when he left and kind of came as a kind of a loner type thing. I re- that was my favorite AJ Styles character, character in, in TNA. And he kind of transitioned that a little bit into the Bullet Club, which he was phenomenal there too. But, you know, eh, I, I'm just, it's really hard for me to be excited about AJ Styles with the, the with how they're booking him now. Like I said, the matches with Jericho are good. They're good matches, but this feud isn't really the payoff for this feud isn't going to increase the interest in in AJ Styles, unfortunately. It's not going to increase anything for AJ Styles, and unfortunately, that's too bad. Because you got Y2J against AJ Styles. On paper, that looks phenomenal. 
But then you throw the Miz in there. The Miz, yeah, (laughs) the Miz just doesn't do anything for anybody, unfortunately. But uh, we'll see. I mean, Y2J, I mean, they put on a great match. They really do. I'm more intrigued in it now than I was, you know, a couple weeks ago whenever they first matched up together. Then, uh, you know, Y2J beats him on SmackDown. Then, you know, oh, I'll think about wrestling and Fastlane. Obviously, it's going to happen. It's going to be a match. Uh, Yeah, okay, that's great. AJ, going into WrestleMania, what are you going to do? You need to make WrestleMania your show. And it doesn't really appear that it's going to happen that way. I mean, prove me wrong, AJ. Prove me wrong. I say that every week. Prove me wrong, whoever we're talking about. So, AJ Styles, I mean, you've got the talent. You know what you're doing. WWE, book him, book him, book him to make him one of the best things that's happened in the past couple years. Yeah. Next trivia question. What year did Shane Douglas throw the NWA World Championship in the trash? Uh-oh, dun-dun-dun. What what year did Shane Douglas throw the NWA championship in the trash? And I haven't been giving these out. Uh, I haven't been giving those out, so I, I'll give a few of those out for uh, for the for the right the guesses throughout tonight. Uh, I knew it about 19, five of them. <laughs> I haven't heard anything 1994. Uh, well, I see 1993, and I see 1994. Um, there's one of them. One of them is right, actually. Uh, between Go ahead and 90, give it to me. 93 and 94. You haven't said anything yet. I haven't even asked you. So no, 93. Um, <laughs> 93 is, is is your is your answer. And then uh, I see I see one on the chat line of ninety three and one on the chat line of ninety four. So let's do this. Um, you say ninety three. So if I give you, I'm either going to give you a correct answer or an incorrect answer, and they based, that that's going to be based on the other answer being right or wrong. Here we go. So you say ninety nine nineteen ninety three. Here's your result. I like that result, whatever it was. So <laughs> great. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was the wrong answer. There oh, we go. Uh, <laughs> Maybe ninety-five. I don't. It was Shane Douglas. I know he was upset about it. And... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. Nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety three was uh is not the correct answer. It is nineteen ninety four. Good job. It uh, should have been ninety three. So uh ninety three, I think he yeah, he was still doing some NWA stuff, just uh it know, it should have been. Uh, it should have been, but it wasn't. It wasn't booked. Well, until that's not my problem. He threw the trash can he threw the belt of trash can in nineteen ninety four. It should have, could have, would have, but it but it wasn't, so you you got a wrong answer, buzzer. That's not my problem. Yeah. That's and not my fault. Person, and the other person in the chat room was at ninety three. Paul Heyman, that's his problem. Well, actually, Todd idiot. Gordon was the man uh, in, in ninety three. So, well, you know, you're, you're getting all types of wrong buzzers now. All right, so listen. Nobody's so perfect. we have the Heath, we have the Heath Slater versus Heathy baby. 
versus Zack Ryder, they win, so they're trying to build some steam with them. A summer rampage that was absolutely ridiculous. The promo, the Dully's promo was too. Um, the, Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns was cool. Um, it was interesting, uh, but the Dudley boys, you know, that just to me that just was desperate, and of course that led that 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 led to a SmackDown match, which you know him and Ambrose against the Dudleys. Okay, interesting, I suppose. Uh, League of Nations defeating Luch Dragons and Neville. D- Del Rio's been beating, you know, anything regarding Kalisto for a while now. So, that, yeah, we'll, we'll get the pictures in a minute. Becky Lynch and Naomi. I- I'm a Becky Lynch person. For, I'm a Becky Lynch guy for sure. She's she's my favorite, um, other than Bailey. Um, and so. Then uh, of course the, the attacks and everything and the saves to lead up to their tag team match, and then Big Show uh, defeating Bullstorm by DQ to lead up to Ryback and Kane coming. Kane Kane comes from the ashes of the under from underneath the the ring. Uh, man, it's it's so sad to look at look at Kane these days. You got you got half of it. You got his his hair piece. You know, he does the whole, you know, throw his head back to do the pyro. And a lot of times his hair is showing in the back. His, you know, his, his short actual haircut. And it's just, he's starting to look like an idiot. And it's, and, and it's so sad that he's been in the business for almost, you know, for 19. He's been in WWE for approaching 19 years now. And... How they've treated him and Mark Henry, who's been in the business, who's been in WWE for 20 years, how they've treated him is just, them is just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I agree. You know, and we've seen people come through the ring so many times now. It's just, it's almost old. Yeah, if I was there alive, it'd be great and fun, but I'd still be scratching my head after a while. And so you got Kane coming out, big deal. And uh, Becky Lynch, I agree. I mean, as far as the Divas division goes, she's one of the best things going. Uh, Wyatt's coming out and talk some trash. Strowman and Big Show. At the end of the day, Raw wasn't that great of a of a lead-up to Fastlane. So I know we've got predictions coming up for Fastlane, so we should probably get on to that and uh, see where we're going with that. We should, real quick. Uh, who do you have the Undertaker going against at WrestleMania with its uh... – that is our flavor of the week. Yeah. That is our flavor of the week. It is now time for the flavor of the week. Going against the WrestleMania. Undertaker going against WrestleMania. I mean, you didn't. I, I want to say I think John Cena may come back, and Undertaker and John Cena. I mean, I I don't know who else right now presently could go against him without. Interfering a bunch of things. Triple H would be great, but I don't see that happening. But Roman Reigns, so I want to say John Cena. I agree. Um, well, I wrote the article. <laughs> I wrote the article that I wrote today. Excuse me, uh, on a Russell's on because that was based on you know John Cena leaving, so or not being there. But yeah, John Cena was there. Uh, Taker Cena would would be would make perfect sense, but Cena not being there, I think that would be the perfect way to give Taker his one song. Yeah, he hasn't had the World Heavyweight Championship in in, in seven years, hasn't had the WWE Championship 
in 14 years. Hasn't won a championship, a world championship in at WrestleMania since 2008. So, I mean, it's been a while since. I mean, I, only, I know he only picks here and there, but it's been a while. So, you know, that check that out on WrestleZone.com, the uh, editorial that I had as far as the best way to use The Undertaker at uh, WrestleMania. All right, let's get some predictions real quick. Uh, it's been a, it's been a fantastic show, so thank you all for the amazingness in the uh, in the chat room uh, and on Twitter. Uh, and just I mean, just an amazing show and, and lots of interaction and fun. Let's get to the predictions and of course voice them out on social media at Crave Wrestling if you're listening live, and of course WW Nation chat room if you're uh, listening live. Go to the chat room and let us know. All right, so here we go. We have Kalisto against Alberto Del Rio. Somehow this is for the uh, uh, two out of three falls. Somehow this got plugged on a pre-show. I don't understand. Uh, Alberto Del Rio, I believe, is going to come through. I think Kalisto, um, not really big on him of being uh, being champ, but Kalisto. Um we have the uh, the six man match: Wyatt Family versus uh, Ryback, Big Show, and Kane. Oh, Wyatt Family, obviously. Yeah, I agree with that. Styles and Jericho. Oh, Styles is going to win. I agree because they don't want no. They don't want no. <laughs> they don't want no. I'm not there. <laughs> Kevin Owens and Ziggler for the Intercontinental Championship. What do you got? Uh, Kevin Owens is going to reign supreme. I agree. I think Ziggler Owens. I think we might see this at WrestleMania too. Uh, uh, triple the the uh, Lynch and Banks against Naomi and uh, to me now you got. I got Lynch winning. Uh, Lynch and Banks, the team, the team of Lynch and Banks. No, oh, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Lynch yeah. and Banks. <laughs> Charlotte against Bree for the Divas Championship. Uh, Charlotte's gonna win. I agree. Who wins the triple threat? Oh, triple threat. Ah. Who are the contestants? <laughs> the, the, for the World Heavyweight Championship? Who are the Oh, crap. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. No, obviously, Roman Reigns is going to win. I'm, <laughs> I'm off and uh, yeah. Roman Reigns is going to win. I, I yeah, have my bold prediction of, uh, of Brock Lesnar winning and setting up uh, Ambrose versus Reigns, but I agree. Reigns wins. Have a fun time watching uh, Fastlane. Until then, God bless you. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.